0: Yeah, they got a lot of bullshit on these radio stations these days, so we resort to the podcast, because that's the only spot you can get the truth from, from the true artists, tapped We're into the lost. underground. Let's, Let's go. Let's go. 30. Yeah. Tryna trying to delve in the mind of an artist who's honest We who ain't trying to market the nonsense We on this Planning for all this it office is awesome And y'all done listening to awful and awkward Songs in rotation on stations and losses Creativeness, ain't it a shame that this all come right to an end But we all must seek to reach
1: a mighty, mighty master With Lawson, E.N.T. Shit Hey, what's going on, everybody? I am Timothy Lawson, host of Mighty Mighty Marston House, a podcast collaboration between Lost Entertainment and Marston House recording in Philadelphia. This is episode 18, bringing you uh, featured guest King Shamps. Shams got a hold of me on Twitter, sent me some music. I was digging it, so I invited him to come on the show. Him and I talk about his creative process, getting introduced to hip-hop, and uh, some lyrics that we, we, in this episode, I didn't actually get into specific lyrics like I usually do. I actually talked to him about uh, any lyrics that he can remember that he was really proud of uh, when he conceptualized them or when he came across them. So that's a fun twist to this episode. Be sure to subscribe in iTunes. Just search Mighty Mighty Morrison House and you'll see the logo there with the official feed. And YouTube.com slash MarstonXHouse is where you need to go to check out Marston House's ciphers. They just released a couple uh, in the past couple weeks, so be sure to go check out those ciphers and support that effort. Without further ado, here is King Shamps out of Philly. All right, King Shamps on Mighty Mighty Marston House. Sir, it's, it's a pleasure to have you. You're uh, you're, you're one of the few that have uh appeared on the show that uh hasn't been already funneled through Marson house so it's nice to have some fresh blood uh on the show you you reign from philly is that correct
2: yes sir yes sir so the delphin house
1: so how how long have you been uh in hip-hop how long ago do you well at what age do you remember being exposed to the culture I'm um, from a
2: very early age, you know, my mom and dad exposed me to a lot of different records, not only hip-hop, but, you know, all kinds of music, you know. I'm a person that, you know, I listen to Nas and Wu-Tang Clan and Mob Deep one day and then listen to Led Zeppelin and, you know, uh, King Crimson and Nets, you know. So, you know, I'm very well-versed in all kinds of music. But, you know, when the culture hit me, man, it was definitely at a young age, you know, six or seven. Me and my brother, Azan, who's the producer on our label, on Records, you know, um, we grew up listening to all that, man. Tupac, Biggie, you know, Nas J, you know, um, Scarface, you know, it, the list goes on and on. So, you know, the culture touched me at an early age, man, and I just fell in love with it.
1: So, do you, like, do you remember, like, the first album you, you bought, like, personally? The first album
2: I brought, or the first, al- like, hip-hop album I had? Cause I can tell two of them. Well, let's hear, let's hear them both. Okay. Well, the first album that was got for me when I was a uh, I think I may have been 9 at the time was Common's Electric Circus. Um that was that was a dope album. It was real creative and, and it just kind of opened my eyes to like putting concepts and stuff together. The first album I initially bought on my own was Illmatic. And that changed my life. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like listening yeah, yeah, listening to Nas man and how he, you know, gave those vivid depictions of where he was coming from was just amazing to me. So those were the two albums my mom and dad actually got me the Common um Electric Circus album. And um, you know, I sat down and I listened to that and um it was a real dope album and Common's a really dope MC as well, so I got a lot of respect for him. And um, you know, the first album my brother was Elmatic and like I said it was it was a rap from that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think I think Illmatic is a, an album that we're all familiar with. When so then do you? When did you start rapping? When did you start uh, creating your own content?
2: I think I started rapping around ten or eleven, you know, and um, my little brother Azan followed, you know. And what we used to do is, you know, back in those days, we used to get a karaoke system, and we used to get like cassettes and record them like our own little midsteeps. So. Of course, nobody was making beats at the time, so we would just get, like, little instrumentals off of the computer. You know, this was when, like, FrostWire was around, <laughs> you know what I mean? So this is back in the day. So we would just download it and, you know, just make tapes. And we had probably 20, 25 tapes, and we would just kind of write our content and, you know – um listening to all the Greeks and trying to figure out, like, how they was doing things. So, you know, I started, like, around 10 or 11, and, and my brother was about 8 or 9 at the time. So, you know, we were rapping at a real early age.
1: At what age, then, did you start taking it serious?
2: I'd say probably, got to say about 17. I'd say about 17 years old, I really started taking it serious and um, started realizing that I was pretty dope, you know what I mean, and, and not, you know, myself, but from others, you know, free in high school and, you know, um, competing in different ciphers and stuff, and people was like, wow, you know, you really need to go on here and do this, and I was like, you know, playing football at the time, so, you know, I was really in on that, but, um, you know, my brother started looking through, you know, samples and stuff to use for music, and he was like, man, I think we should really do this, so I think around 16, 17 years old, that's when I really started thinking like, hey, this could be a legitimate career for me and my brother. So, you know, that's when I really started focusing in on it, and I've really been focusing on it ever since, you know, because it's crazy, bro, you know, when you look at – how people's stories are, you know, as far as coming into hip-hop and, you know, you ask them these different questions and people can't really visibly go back to that place when it really started, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I appreciate you asking me that because that means a lot because it's like, nah, you know, do you really love the culture or not? So, nah, definitely, man. I, I took it really serious at, like, 16, 17 years old and have been rocking with it ever since.
1: And a question that I love asking, but I think it's it's difficult for for most MCs to pinpoint the answer to. But do you remember uh, a time when you noticed uh, that you that you were better? That like you were like, damn, like I, I I'm good now. Like, do you remember seeing a a significant jump in your talent?
2: I can definitely say that because I have a habit of going back and listening to certain things and going back and reading, like, some of my rhyme books. I at least have um, 200 rhyme books, man, and that's not even an exaggeration. I've been writing like that every day, you know, and I'll look back and read some of the stuff that I may have wrote four or five years ago, and then I look at the stuff I'm writing, man, I was like, wow, like, it's really significant, and I think that really changed my whole rhyme style, changed when I listened to Illmatic. You know what I'm saying? When I was able to go on ahead and listen to that. And, you know, it was a it was a great feeling because it changed my content and changed my ideas. You know what I'm saying? It made me um, become better because it's like when you're listening to Memory Lane every day, you start writing to that instrumental. You start trying to mimic those words and then come up with your own words. So I can distinctly remember when I got, like, better. is when I listened to, like, the old Magic, when I listened to, you know, um, my Beats album, you know, when I was listening to, you know, um all the classics, you know, um Rayquan's first joint, you know, only built for Cuban links, you know, Inner Thirty Six, you know, uh, My Mob Beats first official joint, you know, like uh, those albums really influenced me to get better. So I can remember vividly, like, no, this started when I really started listening to those guys, you know.
1: So then let's let's get into your creative process now then, uh, that you're an experienced artist and uh you've gotten your routine down how do you approach uh song songwriting then do you are you a beat first guy are you a write and then find the right beat how do you work
2: well to tell you the truth it's a little bit of both i think with um any MC, they'll tell you that it's a little bit of both where you know you'll get inspiration from anywhere you know you could be walking down the street and um you know hear somebody's conversation and think like damn that'd be crazy if i made a song about that you know what I'm saying? Or, you know, you may hear a beat. Like, you know, when my brother John, makes beats, he'll run me through like 20 beats and they're all fire, and I can get inspiration from that. So it's definitely 50-50 in a creative process where it's like, you know, creativity can strike you at any time. You know what I mean? To write a dope song or, you know, come up with um a dope book or whatever the case may be, it's always flowing. And I think a lot of guys who step out of the box as far as, like, making conceptual records can – honestly give you the same answer, you know, where it's like, nah, you know, you can listen to the beat and get influence from that, get inspiration from that, but you can also get influence and inspiration from things that's going on around you. So you can just start writing a a rap on the bus in your car, um, walking down the street just going to get a hoagie or something, <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, you could be doing anything. And that inspiration to strike. So the thing is I think you're constantly in a creative process if you want to get better as an artist. I think um that goes with producers too, you know, something can strike you where you may hear like um a sound going on, you know, in your head and be like, damn, if I put this drum kit with this horn, you know what I mean, it'll really be dope. So I think when you're talking about the creative process with an MC of people that's of the culture, man, it it just strikes you, man. If you love it, you love it, you know.
1: How long have you been in – have you been – were you born in Philly? Did you move there? How long have you been in the Philly area?
2: Well, I've been uh, – I was born here,
1: you know, and I'm, okay. I've been in uh,
2: Philly for a while. And the thing is, you know, I'm kind of an international guy. You know, I go around DC, um, Maryland, you know, got a lot of family everywhere in North Carolina. So, you know, I'm real well-versed, you know, and, um, you know, just was going everywhere as a kid coming back and forth from Philly, you know, going back and forth to, you know, North Carolina or Maryland or D.C. or wherever, Virginia, you know, just going back around. So the thing is, you know, I always had, like, a, um, influence of different cultures. Actually, the funny thing is I listen to go-go music every day, you know, um coming out of D.C. You know, that's like a culture that really hasn't been tapped in except from a guy um Wiley, you know, that's a rapper and everything. So, you know, I want to put some of that stuff in my music as well. I'm real well versed in a lot of
1: stuff here. Yeah. Sure. Well, I was going to ask, you know, being in, in Philly for most of your life, that how how would you describe the the evolution uh, of the Philly hip hop scene from when you first got introduced to it at a young age to now? You know, Philly's been known to be a very gritty town. Uh, you know, it's very raw in it's sound and it's definitely unique, but it like any other like any market, it's definitely seen its evolution. What have you noticed uh in it in its twenty year history, thirty years that you've uh been able to observe it?
2: Well, I think now um Philly is getting some more respect From a commercial level, I think as far as radio play, I remember growing up during the Rockefeller days when State Property was the thing to be, you know, Beanie Siegel, um, Petey Crack, all those guys, Gilly the Kid, you know, Ram Squad, yeah, I mean, major figures, all of those guys. There was a lot of movements coming out of Philly, and I think what really evolved was now you don't really see those movements anymore, you know, which is a good and a bad thing, but you see a lot of guys that's just, like, coming out you know what I mean, and really making their own lanes and really being able to be accessible to the radio. So I'm seeing a lot of evolution as far as the sound, where it's not only we can make, you know, street records, but we can make inspirational records. We can not only make inspirational records, but we can go on and here and make some music for the club, you know, or whatever you're into, you know what I'm saying? So I think that Philly has evolved in the aspect where it's like, yo, we're getting more conscious in our approach as far as how we approach our creative process. You know what I'm saying? Where well, you got a lot of guys that will actually sit down and become better songwriters. Because if you know, during the five, Oh six, there there a lot of guys were great rappers, but they couldn't make songs. You know what I'm saying? A lot of these guys couldn't make songs. And. They stayed at the battle rap scene for so long that they literally fell off. Whereas now you got guys that are actual battle rappers that can go and make songs. Now you actually got guys that actually just focus on songs. You know what I mean? So I saw that evolution take place until where it's like it went from the freestyle era to guys who actually can make songs for the radio. Guys that can actually make songs for you know your workout um, regimen or your morning commute. You know what I mean? There's a lot more talent. You know. Where as before it was talent, but it was just kind of like, I guess you can say restricted, because it was so many guys just freestyling. It wasn't enough songs, you know what I mean? It wasn't enough originality. So I feel like our originality right now is at an
1: all-time high. I like that. Where where are you right now in your music? Do you do you any anything coming? Uh, you 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 creating anything? You been in the studio lately?
2: Yeah, um, actually, my label, Dead Mom Records, which is ran by me and my brother, we got some artists on there. We got um artist named Frio. We got The Rebel on there. We got Black. We got Caution. We're actually putting a group together right now. Um, That's really going to be dope. So, you know, we're working on that. So I've been in the studio. We actually was running this campaign that started in October where we were dropping songs every Tuesday and um it garnered a great response from the different supporters and fans that we've garnered through the years where, you know, it was getting close to, like, 304 in the plays in the first day, which is great numbers for people that's independent, you know what I'm saying, where, you know, you're really not getting a whole lot of push from your local radio. So we ran a, came- a campaign. It was real successful, and we're just constantly in the studios. So right now, um, to go back to the question, I'm working on my tape that's going to be called Long Live the King. And when I tell you it's going to be something great for hip-hop, like lyrics-wise, um, production-wise, it's really going to be something great. And it's going to be something great coming out of this city. So Long Live the King is something that we're working on right now. You know, we got a lot of different engineers in on it. we got a lot of different sounds. We're going to have, you know, the essence. We're going to bring it back to the essence in a sense where we're going to have scratches on here too. You know, we're going to have DJs literally coming in, scratching some of the records. You know what I mean? And giving it that raw hip-hop feel and that raw hip-hop emotion. So, you know, we're really excited about this project. And, you know, have been doing a lot of different writing and um, putting together a lot of different ideas and a lot of different concepts. And I think, you know, we're, we're building great momentum. So look out for that. Long live the king. You know, we don't have an official date on it right now, but it's definitely going to be coming soon, and that's what we're working on at this moment.
1: How do you feel about the management side of this, then? I think you're the first artist we've talked to that also manages some talent. What are some challenges in working on your own craft while managing others and guiding theirs?
2: I think, you know, it, it comes down to if you're a good person as far as people is concerned, if you're good as far as multitasking, Um you know, when you're dealing with different personalities and opinions, and everybody's got their own style, and you know, everybody likes this and everybody likes that. You know, it can be a challenge, but it's a challenge that we're worth. Um, is 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 well worth the wait. You know what I mean? As far as being patient with individuals. You know, me and my brother are real good people that can relate, and you know, we can go on ahead and talk. <laughs> to different people and be able to bring the best out of them, and I think that was our main thing as far as making a label was, hey, you know, we saw how hard it was for us just trying to, you know, get interviews, just trying to get write-ups, and now we're starting to get those things, you know, thanks be to God that we're getting those opportunities. So we say, wow, we know some brothers that we can go on ahead and help and really put on and say, hey, you know, we can go on ahead and get you an interview here. We can go on ahead and get you a write-up here. We can get you a performance here. And really don't expect but so much in return except loyalty. So the thing is, it's really not a challenge if you love it. You know, if you love helping people and if you love, you know, hip-hop because, you know, we believe in hip-hop so much it's like, damn, we need to have more dope artists. You know, um, excuse my French, uh, the game is full of a lot of bullshit right now. (laughs) It's full of a lot of bullshit right now and I feel that it's an obligation if you're a dope artist and you know another dope artist I don't give a fuck, work with him, talk with him, build with him, you know what I'm saying, him or her, you know what I mean, because it's a lot of uh, female MCs that's out here that can spit, and there's only one MC that actually raps, one female MC that actually raps now, and she wins every fucking award, and we don't even have to name drop, you know what I mean, that's pretty obvious, so the thing is, we're at a, a crossroads right now in the hip-hop culture where it's like, nah, we need to get more dope people in, and that's why we established the label. That's why me and Azan established the label because it's like, hey, let's bring some talent to people. Let people see another side of Philly, whereas now nah, it's dope hip-hop. You know what I mean? Where The Roots was coming out, where it was Beanie Siegel coming out, Jack Frost, a lot of guys, you know what I mean? Guys up that's up and coming, like you Chill, Moody, you Rich Quicks, all these guys, you know. They're doing their thing coming out of the Tri-State, coming off of the East Coast. So the thing is, we felt obligated to say, hey, let's put these guys together, and it's not a challenge if you love hip-hop. It's not. It becomes a challenge when you're trying to be a, a capitalist.
1: Yeah.
2: You know what I'm saying? That's when it becomes a challenge. It's just like, well, I'm trying to capitalize off something. I really don't know how to do it. It's no fun in what we do. You know, we love the the culture so much as like, hey, let's get a dope beat. Let's rock it and let the people enjoy it, you know?
1: Yeah, Rich Quick will uh, will appreciate that uh, that acknowledgement there. He was just on the sh- on the podcast last week, actually.
2: Oh, that's dope. That's dope, man. Yeah. Nah, he's a he's a dope artist, man. And and and, and the tri state I feel is is getting better, where we're just developing our own sounds and saying, you know, fuck the establishment, we can do it on our own. You know, we can really, you know, build a fan base. We can really, you know, grow a cult following just by skills. Because there's people that still give a fuck about hip-hop, man, you know. And I feel very passionate about it to the point where it's like, yo, there still is people that give a fuck about listening to lyrics, you know, where we actually understand the rapper, (laughs) you know. like We actually know what he's saying. We can actually relate, you know. You look at the real two top guys that's in the game right now, J. Cole and Kendrick, they actually are guys that actually know how to do their profession. And I'm going to ask you a quick question. Okay. It's a quick question. Okay. Now, say if you're in your house and your water main just breaks, God forbid it breaks. You want a plumber that knows how to do his job, correct? Yes. Okay. So if I'm listening to hip hop music, I want to hear something that's hip hop, correct? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's uh, (laughs) – usually if you choose hip-hop, you should be listening to hip-hop. Right. I
2: I shouldn't be listening to, you know, EDM meets Dove stuff.
1: You know what I mean?
2: And nothing's wrong with that if it's in its own genre. But I'm not calling the pizza man to fix my water main. I'm just sorry. I can't do that. Right. You know, he makes pizza. He deals with water. And that's how life is supposed to go, you know what I mean? You know, maybe I'm just too into the simple things, man. I don't
1: know. <laughs> so, King Shams, I I usually, uh, usually one of my favorite segments of the show is to pull a lyric from the artist's song and sort of delve into it. But I was listening to NPR's uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Uh that's a show that wasn't a cue. Um and they did they had Chance the Rapper on there and they asked uh, a question that may inspired me to uh try a new question and I'm gonna and you're gonna be the first one of the show to, to answer the question in this manner. Okay. I'm excited. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exciting, yeah. Usually I pull a lyric that I appreciate and I'm like, hey, let's get into this. Tell me more about this this uh this line. What I what I'm curious to know, is there can you think of an example of a lyric or a line or a rhyme scheme or something that like when you wrote it, you were like, damn, I nailed that. Like whether it was a rhyme scheme that worked really well or a metaphor that landed perfectly, what's, what's a line or a lyric that you felt especially proud of? Wow.
2: Wow. Now you, my friend, have the ability of putting the brother on the spot. (laughs) And
1: that's why I'm a, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to do this in the future. So you may be the first and the only, because it is a tough question to to ask, and it's definitely a tough question to to try to answer on that side. So uh, I'll, I'll give you, I'll it's give you a It's a great line. question, though. I
2: think you should continue it because it, it puts you on a spot in a good way. It's not like, yeah. oh, let me actually think of a line. No, it's like I have a couple of lines I, I actually thought of. Matter of fact, of my first tape that me and my brother did is called Kings and Kings. Um Kings, Shams, and the kings and Kings, we did a song called Ghost, and he um, samples a Boy Ayers record on it. I'm not sure the name of it, but it's a Boy Ayers record, and, um, you know, I was writing it, and I was rapping, I think it was, um, I said, letter from the Seven seal, hold these truths to be self evident and hand on my weapon Writing that there, Money Green Conception. Like, and the way I wrote it, it was like I was listening, I was doing like a whole lot of reading, and we already know who said, you know, we hold these truths to be self-evident. You know what I'm saying? So it was like I was combining, like, you know, um, the letter of something, which is like almost a religious thing, like the Seven Seals so is almost a religious thing, and I'm, like, combining, like, politics and religion. Same thing on this record I just did, that she was going to be playing murder art, where, you know, I was putting together the hook, and it's basically – murder art, like, you know, I said, you know, paintbrushes turn to hammers, minor Van Gogh face hidden by bandanas, abstract thoughts give visions to blood splatter, painters a deeper truce, a canvas fill my canvas. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I wanted to put together, like, crazy lyrics, like, all the time, like figure out a way to, like, flip certain things, like be able to talk about two subjects simultaneously, but let it balance out. So those are just, like, a few examples. Um, I had a lot of different things like that, and I, like, wrote, and was like, wow, like, you know, this is crazy. Like, uh, what was it? – it's another song uh, we did off the campaign that I did with my brother, Zon, and Frio, Only God Knows. And it was, like, a song I wanted to do for my first, you know, child. You know, I don't have a child yet, so I was like, you know, I want to dedicate this song to him or her. You know, when they were born, well, I was, like, you know, writing a letter to my unborn child, document thought to the militant, meaning your uncles was wild. You know, just treat niggas with tunnel vision fueled by a mission, and body spirit of the real make the fake pay attention. And I was writing, I was like, ooh like, I like the way they came together. It was so, like, heartfelt, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, right. It was It was a lot of different lyrics I have written where I was like, yeah, I, I like that. And, um, you know, it's 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 great to have, like, those kinds of lines where you can intrigue people. You know what I'm saying? They'll hear that lyric and say, wow, like, that's something I would tell my son or my daughter. Like, nah, you know, I mean, your uncle's was crazy in, in high school or in college or on the streets or wherever walk of life you come from, you can be able to relate to that. So, like, a lot of different ideas I put together, man, um, you know, I just sit down and just try to focus and think of something that's, you know, over the head. You know, and um, yeah. just be able to capture the person's attention. So, nah, no, it's, it's a lot of different um, lyrics, man. I could go on and on, man. But you know, <laughs> we may have all day talking about this, brother, so I ain't gonna hold you up.
1: <laughs> so, uh, so the uh, before we get in, you mentioned the the feature track is Murder Arts, and it, uh, that'll be at the top or the the end of the show. Before we get there though, I always do a little lightning round that's for sixteen episodes and still haven't found like a better name for it, so we'll just call it the lightning round. Uh so quick questions requires quick answers. If I could if I could get on the phone right now and get any artist in the world to come be on a King Shams record, who do you want me to call?
2: Right now, it would be like Nas. It'd be like Nas.
1: Right. What if I? What if that was dead or alive? What if I was a necromancer and I could just bring someone back to life, just for one record? They're get they're, they're 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 coming back to life just for a King Champs record. Have to get two
2: pops. Have to get three pop All right.
1: So same same question. Uh, if I get on the phone with any producer, who do you want laying a beat for you? I have
2: to go with either Dr Dre or Primo, man. I mean, you know, it's, it's hard, but it's, it's one or the other. Both of those guys are legends.
1: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Dre obviously would not be a poor choice to, uh, for anybody um, <laughs> a venue, our venue city somewhere where you can perform If uh, you know, where's where is where's like a dream performance
2: I want to perform either at the Oxygen Center or the Isle of Wight I grew up watching documentaries on how great like a lot of different rock artists and stuff were doing their things and it's like it would be great to have like you know my own hip hop show there like my own King & Champ show like that's something I always planned out. Like it's funny you asked that because it's like three venues I wanted: Madison Square, the Oxygen Center, and the Isles of White. And I told my brother, I said, if I perform at all three of those places, I will retire.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, man, here is a oh man, here's a really interesting question. Um, <laughs> if you had to choose one of these artists. Uh, music to completely eliminate from the history of music. <laughs> with, like gun, gun to your head. You have to choose one. Right. You choose Nas or Jay Z. Wow!
2: Wow!
1: To make, to make the decision, their existence in hip hop will be completely wiped from history and everybody's memory, and you will only be left with the other person's and a va- I guess a vacancy in the other side. We will, we wouldn't know who the other one is.
2: Wow! And you say guns to your head,
1: decision. Too. Got it, got it, God, You say nobody, they live and you, they, they stay alive and you die. <laughs>
2: Damn! Woo! Woo! Mm. That's five right there. That's five right there. I have to go with Jay. Yeah,
1: well, I uh, I figured with your roots with Nas that Jay would be the be the answer there. It'd be equally tough for me, but uh, I may go Nas the other way. Uh, and then uh, this one's a fun one. If you could get uh any two members from the Wu Tang clan to come uh join you on a track, which two are you choosing?
2: Wow. Um probably Jizza and Deck. Okay, wow that probably was probably Jizza and Deck.
1: Okay, that was unexpected. I uh, farewell. <laughs>
2: no, nah, I I think I think quick on my feet, man, you know. Yeah. I've got to. You know, when you're writing lyrics, man, or if you got to bust a freestyle out anywhere, you got to make sure that you're um, on top. You know, and the reason why I would pick those choices is because I feel like as far as, like, technicians of lyrics out of Wu-Tang Clan, I feel like they're the most polished. um just gives you like vivid imagery and inspect the deck is like a fucking like technician with words of course i would want to do something with raekwon i love raekwon raekwon got the slow laid-back lyrical flow ghostface killer can rap about raccoons and still make it dope um (laughs) you know what i mean like he has that style um odd i just it's funny i was just um rapping with my girlfriend earlier because she likes to woo herself you know can't be with me if you don't like the ODB. <laughs> but, <laughs> But um, we're just sitting there, you know, listening to, like, a Brooklyn Zoo. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, I definitely respect the whole Wu-Tang Clan and its entirety. But if I had, like, a, to make a monster track, I would get those guys. You know what I mean? And the third guy I would get on the song, if I had three, would be Method Man because Method Man can get on any beat and damn, they had the best verse. Listen to the what with Biggie on it.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. King Shams, we are following you on Twitter at kshams and also uh, on SoundCloud under Dead Wrong Records. Right, that's where you have all of your music. Is that yep. uh, the Dead Wrong Records account? The featured track on today's show is "Murder Art." You want to lead us into this? Oh well,
2: this is King Shams "Murder Art" the Ball Buckets, produced by Zion, and it's a it's a monster record, man. I think y'all going to enjoy it. I think you're going to love it.
0: OG nigga, I run with killers and animals out the darkness Little gangsters and spark with the non-tellers Living heartless, giving the fuck up our prosecution Pursuing murder on charges regardless The execution flawless Leave no witnesses that can attest to a soul's last breath Bitch nigga, try to flex, put sits in his neck Leave his family vets, my nigga, that's how we step And if your team want the beef, to come correct We never run, we bust guns out of town As fuck bitches smoke marijuana Constantly count commas who want the drama Not near one of these motherfuckers they call themselves a soldier Money to snuff a fucker with this toaster Out the holster Game over Five to the head Three separate the shoulder My heart colder Slinging packs on the corner Mentality of Sosa Power of nudie mems All over baking soda Influence over these streets Strong arm over rivals Restoring coffins At a ridiculous margin My crew gets a spark And even cops start to dart and put the ignition in the engine Just remember who you started paintbrushes turn to hammers, minor Van Gogh face hidden by bandanas, abstract thoughts get visions to blood splatter, paintings of deep of killers fill my canvas, paint Brushes turn to hammers Minor Van Gogh face hidden by bandanas Abstract thoughts give visions to blood splatter Painting the deeper truths of killers Fill my can. I never hold a grudge I unload slugs to clear the tension Disappear dissension Put blocks out of commission Petrified 11 so big guns Little with ammunition get X Rock s on their chest Boxes they fitting Brother listen Don't get caught out of position The Dominicans who sue 2 too Don't will give a fuck if you listen. Words at my mama We get the forfeit for niggas Get the straight bitching I let the rhythm hit him, tell my youngins to finish him, and if he believed in God, then deliver him, make a graveyard out of granite, my crew do straight damage, nigga took his life for granted, Riffin with a savage, win enemies dirty with thirties, nothing but rap bastards, trying to recap it, get nothing but closed caskets, aftermath and stretch for those who try to set it, these niggas pussy cuz got the method, though niggas ain't objective, we rain bullets so you can get the message, don't be a part of my checklist, murder hill niggas, Shit. And we ain't scared to dump clips and sink ships, motherfucker. Paintbrushes turn to hammers, mine Van Gogh face hidden by bandanas. Abstract thoughts get visions to blood splatter. paintings of deeper truths, and killers fill my canvas. Paintbrushes turn to hammers Minor Van Gogh face hidden by bandanas Abstract thoughts Give visions to blood splatter oh Painting the duper truths The killers it. fill my When you be Pull it to riddle your home Fuck up your infrastructure Ain't shit to touch you Drap with yards and punch a bunch of motherfuckers With tempers ready to buck ya So made as still as man Veil killers anxious to snuff ya Purely off animal winch Stink one blink And you can take your last breath Niggas, time of your steps Calculating movements On your checks Aiming to get a rep with the bang of a attack from the jungle where 40s get muffled, we taking the blood disagreements get settled and sharp bodies from part of our slugs, no love show to the other side, we abide by the code, levels to a criminal mind same levels to a criminal grind with non-spitting cowards try to take a chicken, we split them from the land of the living, separate body from soul from opposition, think they position if they ever get caught slipping, niggas is indians in the midst of chiefs seeking a beautiful death, more or less I steps in the center with my pistols Coldest winter, representing the religion of the streets, punishing the Paint Paintbrushes turn to hammers, Monet, Van Gogh face hidden by bandanas. Abstract thoughts give visions, the blood splatter, paintings of deeper truths, of killers fill my canvas. Paintbrushes turn to hammers, Monet, Van Gogh face hidden by bandanas. Abstract thoughts give visions, the blood splatter, painting the deeper truths, of killers fill my canvas.